and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. Today is juicy and good like it is every time you tune in here. Today we are going to talk about, you know what, the question that I'm asked most often, which is, am I a narcissist or my partner is a narcissist, Heather, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great, great, great. So I can tell you all the qualities of a narcissist. And you're gonna go, that's my, yeah, that's that's her, that's him, that's them, yes! You know, and possibly, possibly, but there's a few ways to tell that they're not, but most of the time what I see and I ends up happening is this, is you have two codependents together, okay, right? And one of those codependents operates out of the narcissistic side mainly mostly okay and so and the codependent slash narcissist emerges when the caretaker the rescuer in the relationship is no longer available usually okay so when people come to me they come to me for a couple reasons I either get individuals you know and want inner child healing but or they they're looking to find success they don't understand why success has looted them so I'm helping them with business and their relationships and then I have people that come to me just for you know trauma healing then but it always goes back to healing by the way then I have couples that come to me and um you know and then I have the um, sometimes people are in a bad marriage and one person comes to me. So what happens when a, couple's, a couple comes to me and they're both codependent is this. One usually tries to get me to fall, believe, get in line with their narrative and basically to become another rescuer. That's the bottom line. I'm to fall in line with their narrative and to become another rescuer. And if, if I don't fall in line with their narrative and I don't become a, another rescuer and they feel that I am taking their partner's side um, in anything, you will see the narcissistic tendencies come out and they will end up, guess what, hating me. Heather becomes now the blame. And then they might try to sabotage the relationship with the remaining partner. But here's the thing, the greatest news is this is that I am pretty damn good at my job. I'm actually really, really good at my job. And I can say that with, because you know what? I don't fail. And there's only been in all of these years, all of the couples worldwide, only one of partner ever left. And she made that decision irrationally, quickly, and, and it's regrettable. Maybe not to her, it is to me because I know what can be. See, and that's, I guess, my hardest part about when I'm working with a couple. I can see what can be, and I'm trying to get them to see what can be. But when they're seeped in shame, they can't see what can be because they have to deny their shame. So, anyways, um, and I'm here today to tell you that if you can be an open-minded person and you can understand that you can have anything you desire, and that is the truth. You just have to start leading, not with your ego, but with your true self. It, can, it will happen to you, and it's not an easy place to get to, but it can happen. So are you a narcissist? Is, is your partner a narcissist? Well, let me, I'm going to give you a case study. So I had a couple that came to me, and um, they'd been married for nine years. He was the caretaker. She was, you know, the victim 
and you know then then she would persecute a lot well um if you don't know about the drama triangle the dreaded game go listen to i think i did four podcasts on it there this is episode 82 so they're like in the 70s i think maybe 70s or 60s go back and look in there go back to the 50s even so anyways you need to learn about that so what happened is this couple um they he worked from home for most of their marriage for the last nine years and she worked part-time from home well again he was a caretaker taking care of all of her emotional needs right and he was <clears throat> responsible for her emotional caretaking and she promoted him to that role which he basically took that role from the beginning and she depended on that now when he took a job outside of the home a great job he wanted he was super excited for well she felt abandoned and out comes the codependent narcissist okay now she actually came to me and what she's describing to me was basically her self-centeredness projecting onto her partner so i nicely asked do you think he would have a a um a session with me you know i'll do it for free i'm going to do the session with him for free just because i think it will help both of you and that was the truth it would would help both of you um <clears throat> and my whole goal is to have two people leave me in a beautiful relationship and sometimes that cannot work and sometimes there needs to be a successful separation and i could tell because she was in codependency slash narcissism that it was not going to be a one person being able to clean up their side of the street and possibly the other person would come up to the to the plate because she couldn't she was fighting me and resisting it was all him 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 so the only thing i could do is really get them together and um it was so she was so resistant to the fact that there was that he had no blame in her abandonment issue that there was that there was no i had to get him involved right so anyway so sure he said you know he said yes so i have a I, i'm talking to him i have a session with him and you know by this time he is no longer sexually attracted to his wife and what happens is a caretaker a lot of the times the rescuer stops being sexually attracted to their partner oh god if you're rescuing and caretaking for somebody yeah it's not very attractive is it no so um and he couldn't understand why she was so angry at him for getting a job he had no idea he had no idea he loved her though right um and he wanted to support her but she he wanted some support finally like you know what i'm doing something i love i'm always supporting you why are you feeling you know not supporting me at all <clears throat> and i explained that you know she felt threatened by this new job and um and it kind of explained codependency and that's when it started to click okay and he told me like he said heather i've tried to do everything to pacify her nothing <clears throat> is working and he felt like the only thing left was to quit his job to save the marriage which would have been a disaster i said no no do not quit your job not under any circumstances do you quit this job right so um he was more and more resentful more and more resentful of course he was 
So as we started to get into it, he realized that he's been a caretaker in every relationship he has ever had, starting with guess who? His parents. Okay. Um, you know, all he saw was his parents basically, you know, never, ever happy. They're constantly pulling on each other, pulling each other, blaming each other. And he was, guess what? The caretaker. He was the one that was basically resp feeling responsible for their feelings. So he was people-pleasing both of them. Not assertive people-pleaser, taking care of them, took care of, he was the middle child, taking care of the siblings in between, you know, it, making sure everybody was placated. Then he picked girlfriends. What? Guess what? Girlfriends, friends. Every person he picked, he was the caregiver. So he's the caregiver, he's the peacemaker, and all of a sudden he realizes, like, I've only picked needy people my whole life. Yes, that's what you were taught. That your needs mean, mean nothing, that you need to find the needy people, basically, and take care of their needs. Now, here's the thing about rescuers, though. you got to remember this. If you don't like again, you go back. Rescuing takes, guess what? It takes the focus off of their own issues, and they're able to focus on somebody else's issues. They're not. They are not without um, a part in this ugly dance, okay? So again, the drama triangle, you will, I talk about it, you will see, you know, a rescuer is an enabler who is taking all <clears throat> of the focus off of their problems to focus on somebody else's problems. So in they, what does it do? It makes them feel good too. Okay, those are all, uh, you know, subconscious underlying beliefs here. So, now, um, guess what? He became delighted. Oh, I'm not responsible for her feelings? Oh, okay. And he saw, you know what? The taking responsible for her um, perpetuated her dependency, okay? And he thought of himself as that loving, giving person, of course, but guess what? <clears throat> Caretaking her was unloving to her and to himself, right? So he was, he basically told me that from the first time I talked to him on that he was going to unhook himself from the system. And I told him, most likely things are going to get worse before they get better, okay? Because what's going to happen is she's going to act out even more angry even more narcissistic when she can't pull him back into the system of codependency. What happens is this. So when one partner starts to heal, and I have uh, so many case studies on this, the other partner feels threatened. Why? Uh, we have three things, right? I've talked about this a million times. Our ecology, love, safety, and belonging. At every moment of every day, we are working hard to feel like we love, we are loved, we are safe, and we belong. Well, what happens when one person starts healing and their patterns change? Well, then all of a sudden, you feel threatened. The unhealthy person feels threatened, and the critter brain goes on fire. Oh, my God. It's the hamster running around brain going, alert, alert, alert. Things are off. Things are off. Things are off. We need help over here. Help. Guess what? He is not doing what he's supposed to do. I do not feel loved. I do not feel safe. And, oh, my God, we don't belong here anymore. What are we going to do? Attack. Attack. And that's what we do. Okay, and then we'll try to withdraw. We'll, we'll do whatever we can do to get a reaction from the healing person. 
I had a I had a woman I worked with. She was a binge eater, serious binge eater. And anyways, um, <clears throat> as I healed her binge eating, well, guess what started to go away? Because part of binge eating is this, is that you would create, uh, oh God, I won't go into it, but I'll tell you a little bit. You create a neuronal path or neuronal pathway. Binge eaters have this very deep entrenched neuronal pathway. So you have a neurotransmitter. It sends out a message into the synopsis. In the synopsis, another neurotransmitter picks up that message, right? So a binge eater, they're anxious. The message goes out. I'm anxious. The, another neurotransmitter picks it up. It says, eat, binge eat, go eat, 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 eat. That, okay, is a neuronal pathway. And since our brain is plastic, we can create new neuronal pathways. So instead of um, when you become anxious, I have to retrain somebody to create a new neuronal pathway. Instead of going to the refrigerator and binge eating or hiding in the closet and eating, whatever it is, or bulimics that go and throw up, you got to do something different, right? So anyway, so part of the binge eating was also... Um, wasn't just like binge eaters don't just do it, you know, where you think binge eating is um, when nobody's looking. No, she was binge eating every night on a couch with her husband and they were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, as I created a new neuronal, helped her create one and the couch was no longer a time for her to sit down and just eat. And it wasn't healthy for her anymore. It wasn't, and she was getting healthy in mind and body right? Everything was clicking for her. Well, her husband felt, guess what? He was threatened. He felt threatened because his ecology was threatened. He was no longer feeling loved, safe, or like he belonged. Okay, wait a minute. My wife, why, wait, what? What? She's not going to sit here for two hours and eat on the couch with me and then blah. <gasps> so I knew it and I warned her, I go, he's going to sabotage you. Okay, we got we to gotta be prepared for this. And sure enough, fells. yes, he does. He tries it. Because, and I understand it. Okay? It's a reaction. Your brain is powerful. Our brains are 2 million years old. It is powerful. These neuronal pathways are powerful. <clears throat> our central nervous systems and our reactions, our automatic ones are powerful. You're fighting against a system that is almost impenetrable if you don't know how to break the code. So anyways, I knew it was going to get harder for him, right? Then, you know, he didn't want to lose her, but he also could not go on as things were. So he had to be willing to guess what? Lose her in order to give up the caretaking and have a chance at a good marriage. I'm going to say that again. He had to be willing to lose her in order to give up the caretaking, in order to have a great marriage. Please understand that you're going to have to take a chance that the marriage might be lost and you are going to lose it. But what is worse? Staying in a toxic, gross marriage that is bringing you down. It's going to bring you down in your health and your life, and you're going to wake up one day, and it's going to be over, and you are going to say, hopefully not on your deathbed, are you kidding? This is what I settled for? Ew! And I also knew, by the way, I was going to have a hell of a time keeping her feeling, guess what, love, safe, and belonging with me to help her heal while he was changing. So, I worked with him and, you know, and her and as, and as a couple. And as I continued, he continued to feel more powerful internally. 
okay? He had he was continuing to do an excellent job of not caretaking, right? But as I predicted, things did get worse, right? Um, he even thought he was suicidal. She was suicidal, right? Um, and I, you know, and I said, well, if you do believe that, then obviously you take her to the hospital. But I, you know... I know that there's also a good chance that veiled threats are, you know, manipulations, but you always take a suicidal threat seriously. So, you know, you, you say that. And she was coming to me and I wasn't hearing the suicide. I was hearing the anger side, right? So, um, and people that do commit suicide, um, have lost all hope, all faith. It's a different, it's a different thing, right? But so take that very seriously. Take her to a hospital if you need to be. But again, I'm being presented with a whole other side. So, you know, so she had originally come to me, remember, um, basically hoping I could teach her how to get him to work on himself, right? To see how selfish she was being and to make sure that, you know, I, I taught her how to get him to caretake her again for her again. And she didn't believe she needed any help. Um, but again, as he's pulled back on the caretaking, her terror of abandonment, yeah, it, it escalated. And of course, guess who she's furious at? Me. Me. Right? And I, and I, and I said, I understand you're frightened. I understand you're angry, you know? Um, can I ask you, you know, how is your adult side of you handling your inner child side of you can you, you think you can figure that, that out ask her right you know ask yourself i want you to ask yourself so and so let's call her dorothy dorothy i want you to say to yourself dorothy what are you fearful of what is it tell me what you're fearful of. why are you so scared why are you so mad at heather because you're really mad at Heather right now. Can you tell can you tell me why you're mad at Heather and what you're so fearful of? And she, she answered from a child. I'm scared. I'm angry. I'm scared he doesn't love me anymore. I'm scared um, he's going to leave me. Okay. And that was, there was the progress. Okay. So now... I said to her, I want you to ask, what is it that you really want from him, right? Um, and I knew what the answer was going to be. You know, spend time with me, listen to me, hold me, tell me he loves me, you know, talk to me, be nice to me. And I said, those are the things that your inner child needs from you. Okay, so whatever you're trying so desperately to get from him, you need to give yourself. Are you willing to give yourself those things? And then, of course, I get that, well, if I give it to myself, then what do I need that him for? <laughs> so that's when I'm like, yes. Okay, well, um, if... You are telling me that it's his job to make you happy. Um, do you see that as, as um, coming from an adult that you believe as an adult that it's his job to make you happy? 
and that um and then all of a sudden if you make yourself happy you don't need him anymore well then why would you even want to be with anybody right okay and so um well you know and i had to explain that the reason people are in relationships is to get love but and the other is to give love and and if your intention is just to get love right you're always going to feel empty inside why because you haven't filled yourself up from the inside and you have no love to give that's the problem see people can only give what they have to give I can give you a lot of love because I have a whole lot of love to give you. If people have no love that they've given themselves, they can't give you love. So when you can learn to love yourself, to fill yourself with love and share that love with another, when that intent is the same, then there's a lot of love and joy shared. It automatically happens. See, but most people believe that their best feelings come from outside themselves rather than from loving themselves and others, right? Um, and you feel good when you get the love from yourself and then you give it to others and they give it back to you. And, you know, when we're in a place where we feel horrible, when our partner isn't giving us what we want, then what? what is that? Can I, are you ready for this? It's called addiction. It's an addiction to love because you're dependent on it. What is an addiction to a drug? A dependency. If somebody can't be happy without a drug or without a beer, a wine, alcohol, that's dependency. They're addicted to it. And it's the same thing with love. But when you give your, to yourself, then you're going to feel good, loved, and you're going to give it to others. You're no longer going to have an addiction to somebody else giving it to you because you're giving it to yourself. You don't need it. You want it and you desire it and you give your love willingly and it comes back willingly, right? So, um... And the only way somebody's going to find that out is to take the codependency away. Stop being dependent on others for the toxic, addicted love. So, you know, um, we went, you know, we went through all of this and, um, you know, she was in, she was in pain, you know, um, and we kept going kind of back to the drawing board, but she was doing better and better and better. Um, and, you know, basically, she she couldn't say anything nice to herself. She wanted somebody else to say things nice to you, right? And, you know, of course, that's when we really were digging into the inner child, childhood, you know. She was shamed by her, par her parents, her, you know, her adult. She's, she's continuously shaming herself. She's not good enough, you know. All of that starts coming out. And, you know, when you're operating from a false belief that has kept you from seeing your real value, you need to become an act, you know, an accurate mirror for yourself to own your worth, to own your self-esteem. So you have to spend time with yourself and telling yourself you're beautiful and mean it and tell yourself the wonderful things about you. Affirmations are important. 
Very important, okay? And it's going to be hard. And I know it. I know it. But if you want the relationship you deserve and desire and dream of, then you got to do the work, right? And you start to feel better. Nothing happens overnight, right? Okay. So we spent months, me mostly helping her expect, you know, accept the responsibility for her part, you know, and sometimes we took two steps forward, one step back. Um, but she eventually got it. Right. And I am happy to say they are happily married. They have never been happier. Um, and their codependent relationship became an evolving relationship as each took more responsibility for their own good feelings. And also, um, when they supported themselves and then each other, right, in the highest good. See, the most popular myth, I think, you know, um, in our culture is that when we fall in love, it's going to be forever. We too will be one. We will feel complete, right? We will never be alone again. Well, it's not true. You know, um, the most important thing I want to, you to know about loving another is the paradox that you have to learn to love yourself first. Without self-love and self-acceptance, you will always tend to choose to protect yourself of, instead of being opening, open to love. And remember what protection is. If you don't, I think it's in the podcast before this, listen to it. Not I'll, I got I don't remember what it was, but I'll talk about protection. But protection is basically all you're doing is protecting yourself, which means you're reacting and you're lashing out. So, for a long and strong lasting partnership, you must be open to being connected to your inner feelings, as well as learning about the others. Okay, um, there are no insurance policies for your relationship. It's a process. You know, so there's um, really no end to the growth in this life, right? I continue to grow. I continue to be curious. I continue to look within. I can continue to maintain healing through the things that I do. Read. I read all the time. I continue to learn. I meditate. Meditating took me a while to be able to do that, right? I learn. I never stop growing. And if you want to be bonded with your person, you have to be open to each other. There is no limit to the potential for love and joy. That's it. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. I love you. You need to love you. Then you can love me and you can love your partner. You can love everybody. Because if I love you and you love me, you and I are going to have a great relationship, right? We are going to figure it out. I'm going to help you. If you love you and you love your partner, your partner, then might come to self-love too. And they might figure it out. Sometimes you got to both come. Sometimes one person comes and I'm like, oh my God, we need the others. Everybody is different. If you want to figure out where you are, if you want to figure out if you're ready for this, if you want me to help you figure out your partner or you or you both of you, click the link in, this, uh, in the notes and schedule your free clarity call. Have a great day, evening, morning, afternoon. Wherever you are, I love you. Bye.